You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. The Flyers dropped two huge games against Lavi and the Caps this week. AV and the team appears to believe they are trending in the right direction. Are they? Or is just this the coach and leadership group trying to stay calm when things are getting bad? Join us as we discuss the latest Caps games and what we think the Flyers brass should do next. Hey everybody, I'm your host with the most Joe Gazarian, and each day this team causes me to stray further and further from God's light. Yeah, isn't that the truth? Uh, I'm Matt Arenic, and I think I saw it on Twitter, which is kind of sad to think already after last season, but it reminds me almost of the days where I was indifferent to how they, to how they did, which is not a good thing because we had so much success last year and there's so much to look forward to, but we're going to try to stay conf- or try to stay positive this episode. We've been uh, a little bit, as we've mentioned, beating a dead horse, which is it's hard not to do considering what we've seen each game. But we're going to try to keep it a little more positive. We're going to try and keep it light. And yeah, the word you're looking for is apathy, Matt. I uh, I can feel it starting to creep back into my bones, which is not good. I mean, listen, I know you're in the middle of the country now, but it's you know. It's just going to keep getting warmer over here back home, and the weather's going to be better. People are going to get vaccinated more. People are going to go out, and all that equals more people, or I should say less people watching the Flyers struggle and ruin, you know, weekends. So, yeah, yeah they, uh, they got to get it together. I mean, the Eagles are struggling. Sixers and Bede's going to be out two weeks. Like, now's the time to, to kind of capture your audience, but... Um, we'll, we'll get into all that. We don't have Mike today. Um, can you believe it, Matt? He's like, he's something about, you know, a family man. I, I don't know. I don't have time for any of that. He's just a coward. Um, no, we, we, he, he's, uh, he's just spending time with his family. So no worries there. We're, uh, he's going to be a, a true team player. He's going to edit this and, and make us sound, well, he'll make you sound good. I don't know about me. I don't think there's much he can do for me. Yeah, I guess professional. Uh, but Mike, the, the consummate team player, um, just we'll, we'll get into the bad stuff and then we'll, we'll have just a fun, not as fun as the WIP caller segment, but we're going to do something a little, a little more fun uh, just to kind of, like Matt said, keep positive. The Flyers did drop both games to Washington and in typical Flyer fashion. Uh, they made us all get invested in improbable comebacks both time uh, just to ruin everybody's evenings. Um, we're not going to spend a ton of time on this. Just a quick recap. Matt, what did you think of the, uh, of the two games against the Caps? I know, um, I want to say, I, I don't know. It was weird. I, the first game, I thought they could come back. Like I wasn't. I was like, okay, I was like, they can come back. But last night's game, I was shocked that they even made it as close as they did. Um, what were your thoughts on the games? Yeah, um, like you, like you said, the first game they they played so well that first period, and they could have been up two three nothing if it wasn't for some stone off. But this game, I think we're both in the same boat. Didn't get to catch the entire thing, so I can't say. Just quickly looking at natural stat trick, it did look like it was a pretty even first period, um, give or take. Flyers did lose the Corsi battle, uh, fifty-one to, or I guess almost fifty-two to forty-eight, rounding in the first, and then they had a dominant second period actually, where they were up 
Corsi 4 of 68.29 to 31.71. Um, and then in the third, lost it again. So, I mean, the difference is it, between the two games is I think we started strong in the first, whereas the most recent game we didn't. Brian Elliott lit up two horrible rebounds right in the slot. And again, common theme, no one picking up the guy in front. <laughs> it's it's like you, you just every goal against it's like you can't you honestly, you honestly can't believe they're doing and allowing the same things to occur but they are um i think this showed everybody who thinks that brian elliott has somehow become the answer to hearts poor play um might have forgotten that he's getting a year older and his numbers the last couple of seasons haven't been great um, we're not rooting for that, but I think it just goes to show you that he, he's just not at the age where he can carry a team. He can't just be, be also, the guy. Also, um, I just want to say real quick, he is now also getting the kind of treatment that, that Hart got where you just kind of, you know, when you dig yourself a three, four goal hole every night and, you know, out of those four goals, three of them were completely avoidable. Either because one, the goalie led in a bad goal, or the defense, you know, huge just decided gaff. like, yeah, yeah. exactly. Um, you know, it's very, 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 very hard to win when you just shoot yourself in the foot at the start of every period. Um, so, yeah, I, Brian Elliott, he's he, we, we talked about this. He's not the long term answer. He, he's he's been playing very well this year. Um, I think you agree with me, Matt. He's Played much better than, than Carter has this year. However, um, the thing with Brian Elliott is the more you play him, the more he breaks down. His game breaks down more. I mean, do you remember, was it the Caps? Oh, no, sorry, it was the Pens, the playoffs. Like, to he just he couldn't go. He just didn't have it. He's just too he's too old. He played him too much. We saw it with Axel when he wrote, he wrote him for like an entire month. I want to say that was 2016. Something yeah, like that. that was he just... played him every single night and god bless him i mean you know you're not going to turn down work um, especially in hockey you know, there's a lot of pride on the line for these guys you know there's a lot of pride in ironman streaks people take it's a big thing so if you got you know they're not going to go to brian Elliott. he's not going to say no i can't yeah he's going to say yes so and like you said he's been the better goalie so you have to give your team the best chance to win but yeah. as we know like you said if the more you continue to play him the less likely you are to kind of get those better efforts from Brian Elliott. He has to be the backup, not the 1B. He has to be the number two. Um, but to keep it positive, Ghost continues his strong play. JVR getting on the board. I mean, still well over. I wish it well over. He's still over a point a game so far this season. That that top line continues to produce, and, and Ghost continues to look himself. I mean, he did have a bad kind of turnover on that third goal against and got, I don't want to say beat, like he kind of did, and it was a harsh angle, and Elliott was slightly off his angle, but it was also a really nice shot on that third goal from Nick Jensen, who him and Dowd apparently turn into the next <laughs> That's what happens, come Christ on. When they you you know us. that. So. Whenever, that's, that's, you know, it's either, it's one or two things. Either the guy who hasn't scored in a thousand years gets a goal against us. Or the or, no, 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 no. Well, the rookie too, but uh, more. I was thinking the uh, the backup goalie just absolutely stands on his head and becomes the reincarnation of Dominic Hasek. That's usually yeah. the, the one that I remember. Yeah. So I mean, I mean, Patty got a goal as well. More yeah. positives. He, he got positive. one. Um, um, nice shot from a nice pass from Jake. Hopefully that that springboards him. Um, kind of after the 
nice shootout goal. And again, I, I think I, I have really liked his game. He, he's looked engaged. Um, I would like to see him up on the third line with Drew and uh, Jake. I thought they showed some pretty good chemistry when they were together. It still confuses me that Limblom isn't on the fourth line. Again, I always feel bad bringing it up, but at the same time, like it's a business and you have to put the best product out there and we know they're not going to scratch Limblom and Patrick as they try to get them back to form. I just think Patrick has been slightly more dangerous um, than and more engaged than Limblom. I mean, Limblom's starting to get there. I've seen him win some board battles more often than the beginning of the season. Um, but... I mean, the problem is, it's you're seeing we're still dressing people like Andy Andrioff. Were hey, he had a fight. I was very excited. Uh, yeah, he, he fought. I, he fought well too. By the way, he, he did he, fight. I would well. say he fought well. But, but at the same time, I mean, Andy Andrioff is does not a good player. Um, <laughs> Justin Braun can. I mean, he uh, the Braun didn't. and Hague experiment it needs to end. That's and we'll get into that next with kind of our thoughts. But to try to stay positive, I think. It was nice to see that they don't have quit, but you would like to see that effort. Like, the effort shouldn't come out just because you're down. It should be because you're playing the game. It's crazy. Yeah, it's um, it's 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 disappointing. I I will say, you know what I have? I was waiting for, and I didn't get it uh, either night. I was waiting for that uh, the camera to pan to Chuck in his press box and just kind of like staring. You know, I I was wondering. I was like, where is that? Come on, there's got to. You know, where's he watching the games from? We're closing in on have, that deadline. I mean, deadline's the end of the deadline's month. Deadline's close. You know, I'm telling you, you know what's really going to happen. Homer is tucked away in the bunker in the Wells Fargo Center. And he's <laughs> he's got a big board up like Charlie and Always Sunny. And he's connecting the dots in the mailroom. He's like, all right, if we Chuck get Chuck walks here. in accidentally. <laughs> Dave, well, actually, I, we should mention um, Dave Scott, who's, I guess, the – I guess he – he works for Comcast, or he, he yeah. I guess he's kind of the intermediary between Comcast and the Flyers. He said the Flyers are going to be aggressive. So, oh, I did not see uh, that. Yeah, I love he said to they're hear going that, to be though. aggressive in the trade market, which is good. Um, so more more positives. I'm still, yeah, I was the waiting fan, for yeah, that. Yeah, the fan base, the fan base needs it. We need it. We talked about it on a, a previous episode. It's when was the last time the Flyers made a big move that got fans Valtteri excited? Filpola. Tra- trading Mark Streit to Toronto, Jesus, yeah. or no, trading to, for to Andrew McDonald, Tampa. Yeah, Jeez, I guess man. I guess you could say trading for Kevin Hayes' rights, but I mean it's still just his rights. Yeah, and that was an off-season move. I mean, obviously it was a good move in hindsight, but it wasn't one of those things where it's like we're in the hunt, we need some help, we're gonna trade yeah. for Derek Grant and fucking Nate Thompson. So they, um, I guess uh, Peter Morozik. Remember the the goalies were yeah. the team was playing well. The, they just couldn't get a save, and they they traded for Peter Morozik, and for like three games he was lights out good. <laughs> and then I don't know, it just all kind of went downhill after that. Um, but I yeah, I, it's all of them, all the, the coaches and all the players saying that you know well, we're doing those small things and like we I feel hate, like we're getting I better. I hate hearing that. I absolutely <laughs> yeah, hate it. Of course, that's um, I think Charlie. I saw Charlie tweet about it. Um, the Athletic. Um, he's like, yeah, he's like, he's like, I understand that. And, you know, that's great. That's probably the message that you want to be sending in the locker room. But at the same time, like, good luck telling that to the rabble of, like, fans outside who are just had enough because, you know, it's a results-oriented business. Literally, it's wins and losses. So 
you know, yeah. if you're doing all the little things right, you're still losing. At the end of the day, it's still a loss. So yeah, um, no one cares if nah. you're halfway through this, especially in a shortened season. You don't have the luxury of getting your shit together throughout the year. You have to have it together now. So yeah, speaking or, of now, or at least yeah, some something. Um, let's let's. Like we said at the top of the episode, we want to do something a little fun. We had the fun WIP caller segment last week. Um, but this time, Matt, imagine this, if you will. You walk into the Wells Fargo Center. The doors are wide open. You walk right in. Chuck Fletcher invites you in. You talk about the team. And he says, Matt, you know what? I got to step outside and make a call real quick. Just just hang tight. You're alone in the office. You've got <laughs> every asset on the table. You've got 10 minutes Give me your three moves that you would make right now to try and fix this team with the playoffs not too far off the horizon area. What well, you got three moves, you got ten minutes. Chuck is gonna step out. He's calling Delisandros to get stakes for everybody. What are you gonna do to save the Philadelphia Flyers? What's your first move? Yeah, I think it's uh, bad that we've had this many armchair GM episodes already, but <laughs> we're gonna have to go into it to stay positive. Um, I think the first thing and this is not even a, a move of assets. I'm going to give AV and the coaching staff a call and let okay. them know that they need to stop with the constant changing of lines, D pairs, special team units, get some type of, and I know the goalies have been struggling, so this is a little harder, but get some type of rotation in the works for the goalies so they kind of know what to expect in terms of their workload. Because... I think that is a problem that this team's dealing with. Is like Provy has been struggling, and that's on him. He needs to produce. He needs to be a better, better player. I don't really care what the issue is. He needs to figure it out. But at the same time, when last game is a perfect example, he's playing Justin Braun with him. We all know Justin Braun cannot handle top, top minutes. I don't care that he's a veteran. He looks like he can barely skate half the time he's playing, and he had a brutal game last game. Led directly to that that fourth goal that put it out of out of reach um, on the power play when Ovi had that that shot from kind of top of the circle that was a double screen on Hart had two opportunities to clear it doesn't clear it so then he's seeing he being Provi ghost and for the rest of the game which I like but at the same time these the constant changing the the scratching of Myers which makes your team worse to send a message that doesn't work because obviously the TK scratching scratch has not gotten him going. The He's got two, one goal since then, right? I mean, he had COVID he had, as well, but he had the he had the goal the other on the power play on his birthday. I guess was that was that yesterday? I don't think so. That, that no, that was that was the other game. Yeah. So and he had one against the Penguins as well. Or sorry, still, not the Penguins. Uh, no, I, I agree with you. Overall, yeah, you know, he still I, needs it, to. It, yeah, he still yeah. needs to get going, and I think a lot of that is just the constant changing of lines. Like, I get you're looking for an answer, but. Sometimes you just need to keep riding what you have, at least for a couple games. Give them a week. Give them two weeks to build that kind of rapport and that chemistry amongst the pairs and see what you have because the constant changing isn't doing it. My second and my third will deal with assets. So the second oh boy. Is, so the, the second's obvious. There's been the talks of Ekholm being uh, on the market. Bruins have been tied to him. We've been tied to him. At three point seven five million for this year and next year, it's an obvious, obvious person to trade for. I don't. I'm not as worried as most people when it comes to the expansion draft. People saying, "Oh, then we're gonna have to protect four defensemen." No, we're not. Why, in my opinion, why would 
the Seattle Kraken take him, even though he obviously is a very good player, why would they take him knowing that he's going to become a UFA? He would have all, all the chips in, kind of on his side. He can do whatever he wants, go wherever he wants. Mm-hmm. I don't think at that point in his career he's going to want to be with a team that's potentially just building up their team. I don't think we're going to see a Vegas 2.0. Um, I feel like it's unlikely. So I'm not as worried about that. But what this speaks to is we need to end the Haig-Braun-Prosser experiment. Like everyone knows that I don't think Robert Haig should be an NHL defenseman. He's okay as seven, but at the same time, the reason I don't like him as a seven because we know he's going to play. Yeah, um, he gets more. He gets used more as a five. And a seven. exactly. And speaking to that, it's not just one defenseman we need to trade for because if we lose Ghost, who's arguably been next to Sanheim our best defenseman, at least recently, um, losing him, I know you have to give up good players to get good players. So it might be an unfortunate result of getting Ekholm, but at the same time, if you essentially make that exchange you still have that terrible bottom pair there has been uh, some conversations of Alec Goligoski from the Coyotes that might be a little bit closer to the deadline just because the Coyotes are kind of in the hunt I think he may be a good um, a good veteran to add who can move the puck well I know he's had a pretty tough season analytically speaking but at the same time I think it really can only go up from what we have with that Braun Haig pair, the constant shuffling of Gustafson in there, it, Nate Prosser hasn't played an NHL game in like two seasons. Like the idea that we're going to be con- playoff contenders, let alone contenders, with that mixture of defensemen is laughable. So they have to make at least one or two trades to shore up that defensive pair because you cannot you cannot trot out Robert Haig on a team and expect to compete for the NHL. Uh, or for the Stanley Cup, so that's okay. my that's my second one. And then the last one that we'll kind of hear your thoughts is: I do think if we can kind of put it together in a bigger package, this might end up being an off-season move. But okay. I do think it's time that we trade a member of the core. And given mm. and given that we know who kind of the untouchables are, we know it's going to be G. G's still going to be the captain. I'm okay with that because he's been arguably yes. one of our better forwards. Regard, even though he's not at the top of production. In the history of the team, he's probably this. I mean, you're always going to have people say Bobby Clark, but yeah. um, I think he's been – There's, you can argue who's number one, but you can't argue who's number two. It's Claude. I mean, yeah. That's it. Exactly. And the story, I, full stop, he's the second best player that's ever played on the team, hands down. I would you're argue gonna keep he's probably him. number one. Yeah, and you're not going to move him. And he's a captain. Exactly. And this team doesn't trade captains. We just uh, – well, I shouldn't say that. We don't <laughs> like to trade captains. Sorry, yeah. Mike. So, uh, so you know him, Coots, Hayes, and JBR, because of his recent play, are the most likely to stay. Um, that leaves, from the old core of G, Coots, and Jake, Jake, despite being a very good player still, and he's going to give you 60 points at least a season. Um, it 45 leaves of those being assists. Yeah, he's, he's the likely candidate to be moved. And it's, again, it's not, has any, it doesn't have anything to do with his, his play, over the past couple seasons or even so far this season, it's more about the dynamic. We've, as Flyers fans, have seen that this this core of him, Coots, and, and G, as much as they are good players in their own right, the dynamic does not work. And you have to trade good players to get good players, as I mentioned earlier. And I think G- Jake, it's going to be a little tough because of his cap hit. 
we might have to retain a small bit. I'm not sure if you can do that for only a certain number of years or it has to be throughout the remainder of his contract. But I think if you're looking at a Forsberg Arvidsson type player, um, something of that nature where you're, you're looking at a, a shoot first mentality, that, that would, uh, that's what I would look for. I think especially with Nashville being in the trouble they are, they've been getting dominated the last couple of nights the same way the Flyers have. I think we may make perfect trade partners right now to kind of, I don't want to say stop the bleeding because you don't know if that's going to happen, but at least show fans and the, the ownership that you're not sitting idle while the ship's sinking. So, All right. Well, let me tell you what I think about your, your three moves. Okay. I agree with largely all of them. Um, I think especially the first one, I've been seeing a little more of that online now. People say, hey, you know, it's kind of hard for Lions to develop any kind of chemistry when every night there's a new guy slotted next to you. So I can I can very much feel that, and it'd be nice um, if they, you know, just try to stick with, with a couple lines for just a couple games. I mean, at this point, I don't know what you have to lose. So might as well um, try it for two or three games and see what happens. D-pairs as well. Goalies, um, yeah, I mean, some kind of rhythm would be good, especially for, for Hart. I have to think he starts um, – Against they the did, Rangers. They did come out and say he'll start against the okay. Rangers. So. so he'll get his feet back under him. Um, so, yeah, I agree with your first point for sure. Second point, trade for a defenseman. Yeah. Um, yeah, if you can preferably get that clean. Preferably two. Yeah, preferably two if you can. If not, I mean, um, you got you just got to do what you got to do. So if you can go get home, do it. Goligoski, I mean, as long as you're not giving up too much, I, I'd be fine with that. Um, but... I don't know. I, I just it stinks. I, we joked about it in the off season, but imagine if they had actually gotten and signed Petrangelo. I know it would have been hard, but they had they could have moved some money around. They could have made it happen. I, obviously, he still has to say yes. But um, and for all we know, Chuck did try. He did maybe he did try and get Petrangelo, and they just couldn't swing it. Maybe he just didn't want to sign here. He doesn't like cheesesteaks. Whatever, fine. Um, but I agree with two. Go out and get a defenseman. Definitely number three. Um, Trade a member of the core. Yeah, I would say you're probably going to have to do that because, like you said, in order to get new players, you're going to have to – or to get good players, you're going to have to get old players. So you're going to have to move Jake. It's going to have to be him. Um, Couturier just won a Selkie. He's young. He's not going anywhere. Number one He's cost-controlled. Number one center, and we could see how much better this team is with him versus without him. Um, we see it for ourselves, so I don't think that's any question. Drew's captain, he's not going anywhere, I agree. Jake or JVR, it's going to be one of those two if you're going to make a trade. And um, I don't know, JVR's cap hit is more manageable, but he's producing more goals, at least this year. So I agree. And he has that's good probably chemistry a, with Therabee and Coots, I think. He does. So... I'd be you're, hard uh, you're, pressed you're, to break that up. Your ten minutes, uh, though, I don't know how you're going to get that deal done. Ten minutes, you might have to get a secret handshake deal done with someone, and then it happens in the off season. So yeah, that would no. be a, a little challenging. Um, but I, I agree with your three. My three moves that I would do, kind of in the same vein. Um, I think you're going to love my first one right off the bat. I, I Chuck leaves the room. I pick up the phone. I call Michel Terrien and say, "Au revoir, Michel. Get out of here. You're gone." Kick bricks, go back to Montreal, go to Chez Perry or wherever you're going to go and just spend a couple dollars. You'll feel better. Um, yeah, have a couple darts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, exactly. Rip, rip a couple cigs. It's going to be okay. But um, 
I would fire Michelle Terrian and I would go hire someone who's going to orchestrate the power play from behind the net. I would like to see that happen. Who that can be, I'm not going to lie. I have no idea who that is. I, I couldn't tell you. They've brought in other kinds of, you know, like power play specialists and stuff. Who was the last guy from, he was McDavid's oh, like geez. coach, right? From the Erie Otters, I think. Yeah, his name. What's his oh my name? God. I couldn't tell you. No, yeah, I mean, in the moment, I thought that was a good hire because it was something. Well, we all did because it was like clicking along. But also, you know, he had McDavid, so yeah, you don't don't know one of those (laughs) one hand washed the other a little too much there. I think so. Um, But yeah, I would uh, fire Michelle Terry and then hire a new power play coach. Um, Number two, I had the same thing as you: get a defenseman through trade, um, Ekholm or comparable. (sighs) Calgary struggling. I don't know if you can or what you could get out of them, but. yeah, you know, that's, that's another team that's that's having a tough time. Vancouver is also struggling up in the North Division. Only problem is I don't know how that would work with quarantine, like the two weeks and everything. Yeah, um, I'm I not did sure. See, I did see Go Ben Sherratt's name. He was someone I think you would like. He's obviously a very physical player. The pair of him and and Shea uh, Shea Weber. Weber. Right? Yeah, so I I'm not sure how much like truth there is to that. Um, I know they have, I mean, even Victor Mete, I know, was someone who was healthy, scratched. and well, He was wild back here. Yeah, I remember everybody was talking about, was it him? Yeah, it was Victor Everybody Mete. was saying? Okay. Yeah, like the, it, the GM, my uh, Bergevin was saying like, oh, I didn't hear anything about that. And like, it was, uh, his like agent literally came out and was like, yes, we've heard. <laughs> yeah. Okay, because yeah. doesn't he have the same agent as Line, I think, right? Yeah, I think it was Line. Uh, those those two were at, at the same Bay, time though. one of the one of the two yeah yeah it, it was they were they coincided so um but yeah bring bring in Ekholm or comparable um because I just I think this team just flat out needs it Myers did not take the step this year if anything he's looked kind of I mean I, I don't know if he's regressed or or what he just has not looked very good he's he's still got that ability to recover very quickly when he does mess up but he's messing up more yeah. And also, he just kind of looks, honest to my eye, he looks kind of weak on the puck. He's weak along the boards. For a guy that size, he's weak in front of the net. Like, um, yeah, I don't, I don't know what's going on with him, but he did not take the step that they, they thought he would. So um, that's my number two, getting a defenseman. My number three, and then you can jump in and tell me what you think about my three. Like I said, it's in the same kind of vein as your number three, um, but I, I just because I don't know who you'd give up. But I said add a true game breaker to this roster. Add someone who add not just you know this team. The most frustrating thing for me is just a bunch of four wheel drive SUVs. That's all it is. They'll get you there. They'll get you there on time most of the time. But that's about it. They don't do anything too special. They're all kind of boring. It's a bunch of Toyota Rav fours, and I would love. Maybe we took a couple of those RAV4s and traded it in for a Supra. You know, just try it out, drive it around, see if you like it. But add a game breaker um, because, I don't know, we've seen teams win with just depth in the league. We've seen it happen, but we've also seen teams where just like, you know, one or two players just are hot and they carry the team through the entire playoffs. Usually it's a goalie, um, but I think also if you can – swing a pure goal scorer, someone like a line A or someone who is extremely talented, who scores goals and passes, like a Johnny Gaudreau. Um, I mean, I, I would make some calls. Line A, 
I know he that experiment in Columbus has not been going great. Um, Shocker. Well, I, I, yeah, I saw a thing. I think it was on Twitter. He didn't play the last like eight minutes of the third period the other night. Um, and he had like and a goal and an assist too. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, they uh, they asked him. They're like, well, you know, like, how do you think you were? Have have you been playing? And he said, I thought I was playing okay. So he, I mean, Torts is notorious for his coaching style. So maybe you can get him out of there. Um, that'd be his third team in you know quite a succession. But um, that was my top three. So like I said, fire Michelle Terrian, hire someone who's going to run the power play from behind the net, and put Giroux back there or Jake. Yeah. Two of the some of the best passers in the NHL. Um, add a top four defenseman through trade, like like you said, either at home or comparable. And then maybe this is like you, where it's an off season move. So I got I got a handshake deal with Calgary, but um, you add a true game breaker. Yeah, those are those are my three moves. I like them. I mean, yeah, you know, I'm on board with firing Michelle Terry, and I was on that train <laughs> last season when I saw what he was. Doing I mean, the power play has play. not been good for. Realistically, the power play has not been good in, what, four years? Yeah, something like that. I mean, yeah, and like last season when he put Giroux on his off wall for the like oh, entire God. year, and it was this jamming a square peg in a round hole. It was the hardest thing to watch. It made no sense. Now, granted, It was very frustrating, yes. Yeah, granted, he did. I just saw the alliance this morning for power play units, and I believe G and Jake are back on the top unit, but he has Provi running the top, which uh, just doesn't make any sense to me. I, I think he's trying to, like, spreading out the wealth. But you only spread out the wealth when you have power plays clicking. You don't spread out the wealth when neither power plays clicking. The only time the power plays clicking yeah. right now is when Gossip Bear puts a shot on that and JVR potentially tips it. Like, that's, that's our power yeah. play right now. So I'm on board. I think it, same thing with, like, the bottom pair defense. People are like, oh, you know, I don't want that player. I don't think that's, like, enough. There's only one way to go when it comes from the power plays perspective and the bottom pairs perspective, and that's up. There's no way it can get worse than we, what we're currently trying out there. So It would be very hard. It would be very It would be impressively. It would be impressive if they were able to make it worse. So I'm on board. Top four, like we said, on board with a comparable um, move. I do think we need two instead of just a single trade because if we lose Ghost in this trade, even though I think Ekholm is better than Ghost, and it will be an upgrade, it will only be a slight upgrade, and it will make our power play substantially worse. So yes. it, it's definitely a trade-off there where we need someone. And I know Alex Goligoski has run power plays throughout his career, so I think it just needs to be two moves. I think we need more than just a singular move. And like you said, if you can tie in a game breaker into that trade um, or trades like a line, a, like a Gaudreau. I know line is a polarizing person right now because of what's going on. But at the same time, he's going to be surrounded by good centers here in Philly. He's going to have a coots. He's, he's the opposite have... of like, I want to say probably all the players we have. Yeah. Um, Cause he's either, he either gives you everything or you don't really get anything out of him and that's the so. risk because he's gonna want you know like 10 plus million when it comes to the contract oh, yeah. negotiation so you have to be considerate of what you're giving up to get him knowing that's going to happen um but i agree i mean when we're talking about the window g j casey coots jvr they're all in that we have one two years where they're still going to give you that kind of production that you're looking for and then after that they start 
entering the the down years where they're going to start trending down and if we don't make these moves now it's like okay if we don't make the moves now then we have to start looking at the next core the pro v the the tk and the coots kind of being the g scenario so it's an hour and ever you gotta by not making a move you're also making a move you're you're making a choice you're, you're choosing not to make a move which is still a choice and by you not doing it, it affords the teams around you to possibly make a move. Um, and get Boston so, getting Eckholm, yeah. that would be a nightmare scenario. That um, I don't think we'd beat him again. I don't know how we'd beat him. <laughs> we'd have to, we'd have to, half the team would have to get COVID. And even then, I still like their odds. Um, I think I had them finishing second in the division. I had us winning it. So goes to show you, I, I, I had a feeling about Boston. Um, they're not going to go away. If if they get Eckholm, phew. That's a heavy blow. Um, so, yeah. A, a game breaker. I understand line A is polarizing, like you said. Um, Goudreau, he reminds me a lot of a Danny Briere, which is great. Um, I just, I, I I don't know. He, he definitely would want to come here. I don't think that would be the problem. Yeah, the JVR Hayes connection, I think, makes that make a lot of sense. They're, yeah, they're all great buddies and... As our as our goat Sam Carcitti would say, you know he's from Gloucester County, right? Yeah, is it Gloucester? I think. Yeah. Um, so he's got the area ties. He's got the the, the player ties. It makes a lot of sense. Uh, he's probably not going to love playing for Daryl Sutter because oh, you know he has some kind of spirit and soul. So um, that guy is like an energy vampire. It feels like he looks like an energy vampire, um, but. Line A, I get it. I, I would get why you would not want to make the move. I would understand. I could be talked out of a line A deal because of the kind of risk. But at the same time, like, you know, you, you have get to a take Ferrari. Those risks sometimes, yeah. Yeah, high risk, high reward, right? I mean, nothing ventured, nothing gained. That would be a big swing and move. The Flyers haven't done that in a long time. So um, and, I'm and never we, one for, for. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I don't think the Columbus Blue Jackets have much bargaining power now. The league sees around, like, it's pretty obvious he's not going to sign, it's especially as long as um, they're choosing torts over him in terms of they're just going to stick around with torts. Like, as it stands right now, I don't care if he's an RFA. I can't remember if he's still an RFA after his, his contract's up. I want to say he might be UFA, but... Um, you know he's not re-signing there, so you kind of have them. No. You have them in a tough spot, and obviously they're not going to like to trade in conference once we get back to normal conferences. But at the same time, it's it's one of those things where it's like okay, they might have us pay a little bit more, maybe an extra pick, whatever it may be. But like you said, high risk, high reward. We've been too and to to a good point because in a, in a cap tight world, you have to be composed when he comes to making these deals but at the same time like you have to make you have to take some risks sometimes it doesn't mean you have to sign him for 10 plus million but if you get him for two years during this window then who knows i mean you could who knows maybe even do like a, a similar to a taylor hall thing where you pay him like One 11 year. million for th- for a year you know 12 million for a year and just give it a go because um no, it, it happens. We see that more in the NBA a lot. Or I should say we say in the NFL with Tom Brady where people realize, okay, I'm going to take, 
you know, this one year, I'm going to see what happens to play with Brady. I'm going to have a really good chance to win a championship. Um, so they could pot, they could look at the Flyers and see an emerging team with hopefully, you know, a, a great goaltender once Carter gets it figured out and say, all right, you know, I might not have the six-year commitment with them, but if I sign there for two years at, you know, $12 million, making a ton of money, and yeah. I'll be able to sign again for probably even more money if things go well, you know, they're going to have it, – it, it'll be up to them, so – We'll see. Um, kind of just wrapping up around the league news. We've got a ton of injuries. Um, Nikita Kucherov, uh, though, has come back from his what was it, hip surgery, right? He's been skating, um, and he should be ready for the playoffs. I think they said that at the start of the year. They said that he'd probably be back for the playoffs. I think LeBron said that. Um, again, it's kind of a little sketchy cap-wise, they've, how they've been able to do this. But, you know... Um, the Blackhawks were, were really good at that as well. I think Hosa had his allergy to his pads. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which, listen, I understand allergies can develop pretty much any time in your life and whatever. But, I mean, come on. Allergic to the equipment? Okay. Yeah, I'm allergic to running. We're all allergic to different <laughs> things sometimes. Um, they, though, I should say the Blackhawks, uh, Brent Seabrook retired. Um, so he's uh, going to give them some cap relief. Jonathan Taves, um Still not back. He did. I saw a nice message he sent to Patrick Kane for his thousandth game. Um, I don't like Jonathan Taves. Not that I don't like him as a, a person. I'm, he's a great person. I just don't like him as a player because he beat us in the final. Same thing goes for Kaner. Uh, but thousand games, that's crazy that he's already played a thousand. And I looked it up. G's not that far off either. He's at 900 and something. So um, it's crazy to think they've already played a thousand games in the NHL. You get a lot more uh, playoff games with how good they were for so long. So that's helped. That's get true. There. Yeah, three, three, three Stanley Cup runs will do that. Um, other news, uh, hockey lost uh, Walter Gretzky, so Wayne's father. Not really like a, a, a big personality down here stateside, um, but definitely, he, I mean, just from listening to people up north, he was like, he was like a, a huge father figure to a bunch of Canadians. Um, so, you know, rest in peace. It's never good when you lose somebody who's a legend of the game. Um, other than that, we got the Islanders. They lose Captain Anders Lee for – I don't think they have a timetable on it. They said for the for the foreseeable future. Um, big loss for the, for the Islanders. We do have them coming up soon. Um, any thoughts on, on the kind of – on the, I guess we'll just do Islanders right now because Kucherov, we don't have to worry about him for a while if we even get there. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, Kucherov, you kind of saw that coming. It's It's – crazy to me that more teams aren't mad about it but then again the, like we said Blackhawks have been doing the same thing with with the hosts of the world with the Brent Seabrooks of the world um, to get their relief um, so not shocked just surprised more teams aren't more outspoken about it I guess they think yeah. like maybe they'll be in the position someday and they won't want someone calling them out but very yeah, weird I guess. but uh, yeah rest in peace to Walter Gretzky obviously the father of the greatest hockey player of all time and like you mentioned, it seemed as though he made a, a conscious effort to really give back to the youth up in Canada pretty consistently. Um, so to lose someone like that, it's always sad to see, and our thoughts and prayers are with the Gretzky family. But getting to kind of injuries and news that impacts our division and the Flyers obviously losing Anders Lee to a lower body injury indefinitely is huge news for the Islanders. And it speaks to your point in that 
if we don't make moves, teams like the Islanders may make moves to replace a player like that for the. You stretch. got Lou back there, who's you know he's a shrewd operator, man. Say yeah. what you will, he's won, you know, Stanley Cup. He's he, he's he a knows good, he, he knows what the players he's looking for, and he I mean he went out and got JJ uh, was it JJ Pajot JG Pajot JG yeah, yeah Pajot, um, who's I mean he's a frustrating he's a great player. fit for them. Yeah, he's a frustrating yeah, he's a player to fit. play against. So. I think it speaks to us having to make a deal, but at the same time, that's a huge loss. They're in first place. I think they're in front of us by about 11 points right now. Not, <laughs> not sure how many games. I didn't know it was that many. Oh, my God. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's oh, the problem. I mean, it's a good thing and a bad thing is that with every game being a conference game, they have so you can much make weight. A ground, yeah. You can take a huge yeah. swing one way or the other, and with our recent losses, it's, it's been the other way. So, yeah. not not good. I'll quickly take a look. I want to see what the standings uh, are for us. It looks like. So, we have 29 points in 25 games. So, we have three three games in hand on the Islanders. Um, so, we win three, and they lose those three outright with no points coming in over t- overtime. We're still five points behind them. So, that kind of gives you some perspective that we need to get going now. I'd be interested to see what Lou does to replace him because it didn't sound like he'd be coming back anytime soon, which means he might even be out for the first couple rounds of playoffs. Um, mm. And the Bruins have been It'd struggling. be a huge hit for them, too. man. Yeah. Yeah, I so, mean, the Bruins, I, I know they, the Flyers fans, they, they see the Bruins, they see this unbeatable juggernaut, but they're only like that against the Flyers. <laughs> Everywhere else, they're just they're a normal team. So They got blanked by the, the Rangers last night, and they only had like 18 shots. Um, so yeah, you're right. I mean, they, they have our number. They don't seem, I mean, they're obviously a very good team. That top line just carries them. They lost Brandon Carlo to that cheap hit from Tom Wilson. So they've been kind of trending similar down to us. Not as bad, obviously. Um, we're still three points behind them with the same number of games played, but I think this just speaks to it. It's, it's the Islanders have a huge injury. Boston has an injury and, um, kind of some subpar play recently. It, it's it's one of those things where, as we said, the trade deadline's fastly approaching, and we're trending in the wrong direction, regardless of what AV and the and the leadership group of the Flyers have been saying to the media. So, no, I I agree. I think it's a good place to kind of wrap up. Um, I think you touched on it earlier, Matt. In the beginning, we're you know we we're back where we have been many times before, where it's just. This, we don't even want to watch this team. They just feel like a, it feels like we just have we have to do it. You know, I, I'm not enjoying it definitely, but um, still gonna try and stay positive. We we have half the season left, um, but Chuck, buddy, you got to start working the phones. We got to get some kind of infusion of, of talent or skill or just I don't know some different dynamic. Little, yeah, a, a dynamic change, something, just a little breathe some life into this team because it feels like sometimes they're just. I don't know if people are too complacent or they're just, you know, they're just kind of stale. I don't know. Um, but you mentioned it. Teams like Boston are struggling. Islanders just lost Anders Lee. You know, Rangers are the Rangers. Devils aren't going anywhere. There's plenty of runway here for this team to really take off and cement themselves. But um, we're getting to that point where it's going to be now or never pretty soon, Chuck. So, Pick up that phone or, or have Homer do it if, you, uh, if you're if you too afraid. He, he's definitely not shy making some trade calls. But for, uh, for Matt, for Mike, for myself, have a great week, everybody.